Welcome to All Me Podcast. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of All Me Podcast. It's been a while. Uh, uh, We are now going to, we, I'm going to be starting the third week of school. Um, And it's been, it's been good. Uh, If you follow me on Instagram at allmeall.nee, I've been posting more on my story, usually my teacher outfits or um, just random things that happen during the day. And I like my group of kids. Um, I am catching attitude from some, but that's kind of anticipated. Um... I don't know if I've said in the podcast, but I'm teaching AVID, 7th grade AVID, and then I'm teaching um, 7th grade AVID Excel and 8th grade AVID Excel. And if you don't know the difference, AVID focuses on the college and career readiness, and then AVID Excel focuses on... um, I think making more more connections between what you're doing currently and how that's going to set you up for whatever you want to do in the future as far as being able to communicate effectively, um, celebrating one another, celebrating yourself, um, taking notes, getting organized, and all that wonderful stuff. But I'm excited about it. I've been able to make um, connections with most of my students so far um, with anime and with gaming and stuff. And I'm realizing that um, if I'm going to use that as an avenue to feel connected or to be connected to my students and be able to reach them um, on a different level, then I need to make sure that I'm reaching all my students and and not just the ones that are into gaming and into anime. Um, I have a couple of my students that watch all american um some of my girl students and then some of my um athletic boys and my little sister has been wanting me to watch that and i started watching it i have not finished i don't i'm probably still in the first season of the show um and i have no idea what season is out right now i think a new season actually just came out or maybe it was a season finale uh over the summer but I'm going to have to watch that. Not have to, but I want to watch that. And then, um, I don't know, find some other things that uh, I can use to have common interest in. Because the AVID classes are, like, we have curriculum, but the curriculum is literally based on their own thoughts and their own ideas, um, like, about themselves and about how they view the world and and so it's a it's a lot more of a personal class. I feel like similar to when I was teaching art, um, but I think a little bit more so. Um, I think a little bit or uh, a lot more structure um, because the curriculum is already written, and so I have more time to uh, once I get used to gathering all the curriculum and putting it together and stuff. I'll have more time to find those connections that I can make between um, where I'm trying to get them mentally and considering different things about their lives and what they're doing currently and um, the curriculum. 
Whereas in art, I feel like um, I was trying to make connections with them uh, and their environment, their experiences, um, but also remembering that I have to have curriculum and we need to take tests and have vocabulary. Um, and finding that balance is really hard for me, especially when it comes to art, because I, I'm just thinking of projects after project after project um, and projects that take a long time, not considering that they need to be that a project with middle schoolers needs to be broken up. And I think with anybody too, broken up into smaller parts so that you're building upon it little by little and the kids can feel accomplished little by little. So it's not just like, oh my God, this is taking so long, but it's like, okay, you're doing small tasks along the way. And then in the end, you'll see the, the end result. And so I'm thankful that the curriculum is is already set up and um, it's just gathering all the different resources that I need for the the individual classes and making sure that I'm I'm prepared for the day and for the week and um, that I know so that everything goes quickly and, and we get things done and, and accomplish things day to day. And I'm also thankful for my team as well. We've been able to sit down like at different times throughout the week and just kind of helped me out because, and, and they were kind of reassuring me that it was the same way for them, their first time teaching AVID. You know, you're thankful that the curriculum is there, but at the same time, it's just like, we're just seeing how it goes and taking it a day at a time. And um, my, the other uh, AVID teacher that I'm under, she has all these resources and all these PowerPoint slides that are already set up. And, but she was like, you know, this was like a year or two after I had started. So it's gonna take a while to get all of this and to feel comfortable putting in your input, changing objectives, figuring out, okay, what vocabulary are they gonna need to um, learn, put on the word wall and all that stuff. And so I, I'm excited for, I'm excited for this year. I think it'll be, I think it'll be really good. So, I wanted to talk about several things. I think it's been like three weeks, uh, maybe two since I last um, posted an episode. I think the last, yeah, the last episode I believe was with Autumn, um, Automatic on YouTube and on Instagram. Uh, we were talking about our experience at DreamCon and going by ourselves and all that and that was really really fun I always enjoy talking with other people on my podcast and then and I've said this before it's like the next time I have to record I know I'm going to be doing it by myself and I feel like it's not going to be as energetic and I also like listening to other people's podcasts that are talking with maybe two other people or some other person like there's really fun banter and I could sit up here and act like I'm talking to somebody else and have a different voice, but <laughs> that'd be too much to try to to try to make what I feel like would be a good podcast instead of just doing what I always set out to do, which was just talk and talk about like whatever I was experiencing and stuff. But yeah, so over the last couple of weeks, I 
well, saw a new movie, finished the show that I had started. I don't know how many. I guess I'm so confused on the timeline about the show now. And then um, some ideas from the movie and the show without giving too much away. And I know I always say that, but I'm going to be better at for sure not giving stuff away this time. And then um, there was something else. Oh, there was this uh, post that I recently saw on Instagram that I want to talk about too. And I meant to post it on my story. Uh, I'm going to do that now. But the movie that I saw, I want to talk about first just to get out of the way and to ensure that I don't spoil anything because it's a new um, movie. It's called Old by M. Night. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because it is slightly hard. Um, but if you know any of M. Night's movies, he has done uh, The Village the visitor is it visitors or it might be the visitors um i haven't seen many m night movies besides uh the village and the visit oh and split which um a lot of i wouldn't say die hard but just people that watch his movies and look forward to seeing his movies kind of like fans of um quentin tarantino uh they were disappointed with split i thought split was an amazing movie um which from i think from not knowing the history of the movie uh and its ties to other movies apparently it's a part of a series or something <clears throat> I I kind of just enjoyed it for what it was and the, the the crazy possibilities of our brains and our minds. Uh Split is about a man who has uh multiple personalities and one of his personalities kidnaps a girl and or multiple girls. And then the other personalities are kind of intertwined in all of it. And then you end up finding out what the whole deal was. But I've always, not always, but whenever it came up, I'm, I'm always interested in the conversation of the possibilities of our minds. Um, obviously having more, just more to them than we ha currently have access to. And I think other people other scientists, neurologists, whatever, have also talked about um, the percentage that we actually have access to um, using of our brains. And uh, this guy can do incredible things. Um, and if you've ever watched another movie, um, Sybil, or um, there's a movie, I think it's called Where's Frankie with uh, Holly Berry um, and I hate that like I'm pulling all this from movies and not actual research <laughs> but the the idea is that like or not idea but people with multiple personalities there are some cases where the different personalities have completely different eyesights 
and they can be tested and proven that they have two different eyesights or they might have two different food allergies or whatever. And so it's like if your brain can can do all of that, imagine what you could because it's not not all of the times but some of the times and i'm getting off topic i'm gonna bring it back to old but um there are times when personalities or characteristics are made based on past traumas whether or not you remember that trauma because you've subconsciously forgotten it um in the case of sybil she had, um, I think she was, or I, th I, I think she was abused by her mom. I could be wrong, um, but she just grew up in a very harsh environment with very strict parents. And so it was like to deal with her mom being very strict with cleanliness, um, she subconsciously created a personality that was able to do everything that her mom asked her to do. And then she was very, um, an not antisocial, but just anxious in public. So then she had another personality that was able to converse with people and even flirt. And, but Sybil herself wasn't able to do that. And so that, that personality would come forward when she was in situations that she couldn't really get out of. Um, and so it's like, if if uh, subconsciously our brain can do that, imagine other things that we can in in and I I know as humans like we can convince ourselves of some pretty ridiculous things like how inadequate we are, uh, how dumb we are, um, if we're not able to get a boyfriend or find a partner a life partner or whatever the whatever the reasons are we're unworthy of love unworthy of uh, love from anybody not even just in a, a romantic relationship um, type thing like we have anxiety anxiety shows up in physical symptoms rashes feeling like you have bed bugs all over you um like all types of things, if our brain can do that, like Split isn't that far off. So I enjoyed that movie. All that to say I enjoyed Split. <laughs> um, but back to old. So old is the M. Night movie. Uh, in the previews, this family is going on a resort vacation. They go to a private beach. And then things start happening at the beach and it's like time is speeding up and nobody knows why. And so that's the premise of the movie Old. And me and my mom went and saw it, or my mom and I went to see the movie. And there were some really beautiful moments in the movie. There were definitely some chaotic moments because everybody's trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Um, but there were so many different messages within the movie. And, um, I will say the one thing that I, I'll say with it is it really focuses on the time we waste, um, worrying about things. 
um, the main couple that they focus on from the beginning of the movie, um, you can tell that there's tension between the husband and the wife. And you essentially get before like things, more things are being revealed that the wife is wanting the husband to make a big decision um, just based on how he feels. Like she wants him to just step up and make the decision. And he's stuck on probabilities and numbers. And well, if I make this decision, this is a probability of it not going well and it going well. And she's like, I don't care about the probabilities. I, As my husband, we're in this relationship. As my lover, I want you to make this decision. And um, that really, really spoke to me. Uh, and then there were just other moments in the movie where um, like he would make certain decisions and you could see her um, like noticing them and maybe he, it wasn't something that he was consciously like, okay, she wants me to make a decision. Let me just go ahead and make a decision. Um, but I think him just like realizing the severity of the current situation and that it has to be done regardless of what the probability numbers are and um, it was like as time was going on, she was. It was almost like she was falling for him again. Like despite your fears and you know what you're using to cope with your fears, you were willing to still um, make a decision and just hope for it. Uh, and that was that was a beautiful thing. Um, I think the movie also kind of showed how life goes by immensely fast and it's easy for, I don't know, like monumental things that we we see as monumental for them to like come and go within the blink of an eye, like getting married, having kids um, and like all those things, all those like milestone things um but how small they are in like the grand scheme of life um and it I always remember a pastor that was preaching a message on you know our lifetime and he had this extremely long rope but on one of the ends of the rope it was like taped and he was saying how like the taped part is our life but the rope goes on for eternity. And that's, you know, when we're in heaven with God and, and to look at how small our life is. And and it makes you think like, okay, if our life is really that short compared to eternity, which obviously it is, if you believe in that, then it's like, why would you not make the most of that short period of time? Why would you waste that time um, arguing or um you know just whatever and and really just kind of getting over yourself and getting back to being get just getting back to enjoying the time that you were given um and if you happen upon lessons in life experiences that you know affect you in a bad way or a good way that teach you things then take those lessons and move forward with them so i really i really enjoyed the movie it was it was really, really nice. Again, um, 
I think, well, I, I, no, it's just based on one, one person. Um, but as far as it being an M. Night movie and what he's known for in his movies, uh, which I think if you watch The Village and you watch The Visitor and then you watch Old, it they're like completely different uh, movies. And... I don't know. I, I went into it not really thinking about that, just kind of taking it as it is. And, and I thoroughly, 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 thoroughly enjoyed it. There are some like creepy moments, uh, but they're very, very few. I feel like very, very few compared to the visit in, in the village for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, a show that the show that I fin finally finished I actually need to look up when this show came out because and then when the pandemic happened because there's no second season out yet and all that's been put out are bonus episodes. So the show's called Euphoria and ooh, season two. When is season two coming out? Wait, I have to look at that later because then it's going to be awkward because so it's, it's saying it's out. But I know I have, I've only seen one season. Maybe I'm tripping. Okay, so Euphoria came out 2019. Oh, that makes sense then. If it came out 2019 and then into 2020, January, February, March. Okay, that makes sense then. So I started watching it when it was like they were putting out one episode at a time, like right when it had started. Um, show, oh, well, let me just go ahead and read this. So an American ad adaptation of the Israeli show of the same name, Euphoria, which I did not know that, and it makes me want to go and watch the Israeli version. Um... Euphoria follows the troubled life of 17-year-old Rue, a drug addict fresh from rehab with no plans to stay clean. Circling in Rue's orbit are Jules, a transgender girl searching for where she belongs. Nate, a jock whose anger issues masks sexual insecurities. Chris, a football star who finds the adjustment from high school to college harder than expected. Cassie, whose sexual history continues to dog her and Kat, a body-conscious teen exploring her sexuality. As the classmates struggle to make sense of their futures, the series tackles the teenage landscape of substance-enhanced parties and anxiety-ridden day-to-day life with empathy and candor. Um, the show is extremely, extremely intense. Um, nudity, sex, drugs, cussing, like all of it, so you know, it's not going to be for everybody. But the, I would say the acting from Zendaya is phenomenal. Um, in the show, uh, I feel like the synopsis gives a pretty good, it, it's a good synopsis, so I'm not going to go into it, but I just want to talk about the, some of the characters, um, and things that stood out to me. Uh, throughout the show, it's very, 
I don't know. I, I want to say it's very hard to watch Rue, the main person that they're following, because she is a drug addict and she has um, other, uh, I believe she has OCD at it from a young age. Um, and I believe she has, she suffers from depression. She has other things that are going on. She had lost her father, I believe, from cancer. It's like a whole bunch of things. Um, but I think as the show goes on, it's almost like you get used to her behavior. There's obviously moments where she relapses uh, and it's like, dang, Rue. And it's kind of sad. Like, it's easy to get used to certain behaviors from people. Like, you stop expecting more from them or you you stop wanting more from them and you just accept them where they are. Um, and I don't know if that's a bad or a good thing because I feel like on one hand, it's frustrating when you expect more for people because you see greatness in them and then they keep, um, letting themselves down. And honestly, I want to say letting you down. And I feel like a lot of times when we want more for people, it's not for them. It's for selfish reasons for us. Like we want to see them do, do better so that we don't have to worry about them essentially. Um, and so, I don't know, it's hard. At the end of like the seasons are over, they have two, HBO Max has two bonus episodes. And one of the episode is Rue. And it's literally right after the last episode of the season. Um, and it's her talking to her sponsor in a diner. And, um, it's the it's such a beautiful interaction um and just he obviously wants better for her and he's experienced everything that she's going through but at the same time she hasn't he hasn't experienced um what she's going through because her obviously what she's thinking in her head her her specific experiences are hers and so he can only you know give her what he has dealt with himself um but it's just beautiful moments and and yeah so one of the characters uh that it mentions is Jules who is a transgender girl um searching for where she belongs she has also she also has a bonus episode and the bonus episodes are like an hour long um and it's Jewel sitting with um I think a new counselor and again it's right after the last episode of the season and she's going through um just how she's feeling in general now it's crazy because it's like when I'm watching Jewel's you know, no, it's not crazy. I think other characters I, I, I watch and I'm like, no, please don't do that. Oh my gosh, no, come on. No, don't make that decision. For Jules, I think up until the last episode and then the bonus episode, I was fully accepting of, not, no, 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 I'm not going to say that. Not fully accepting of her behavior but just like, okay, that's her character and that's that's who she is. Up until the last episode and then the bonus episode, I was like, okay, now I understand where she's coming from. 
um, from the feminine point of view. And she mentions that um, she, once she started transitioning, she thought about, you know, what men want and how to seduce men and what it means to be feminine and wanting to conquer femininity and all these things. And it reminded me of, it made me think of how all of our, no matter if you are transgender, um, what you identify as, whatever, our idea of what love is or what femininity is, masculinity, uh, being in a relationship, receiving love, giving love is, is based on our experiences and our traumas and what we feel like we need or what we feel like we should give out. And majority of the time we are wrong because for one, we're imperfect people. We are not all knowing. And so we have to be willing to adjust based on our experiences as well, I guess. Um, and I don't know. It really made me sad watching Jules and the different interactions that she has throughout this season, knowing that to her, that's what she thinks being feminine is. Not even just being a woman. Um, well, I, I can say like being a woman too, but mainly just like femininity. And I can honestly say that that at times I was also, like I had the wrong idea about it too. Um, in my experience, obviously isn't the same as this character's is or anyone else that relates to this character. But based on where I where I grew up in my own experiences and my culture and you know whatever, I I I grew up thinking to be a woman means to be married and to have kids and to take care of a home um, and to take care of others. And I've, that's just a part of, those are parts of life in general. Those are parts that you can take on that aren't necessarily tied to any individual one person. Um, I still struggle with the idea of, um, not the idea, yeah, the idea because I just, I just don't know about it, but um, it talks about in the Bible that we're not meant to be alone, but at what capacity is it talking about? Um, with just with the way that I feel right now, I don't think that it's exclusively in a husband and wife marriage. I think it means just in general. And I don't even go to say like, well, some of the disciples weren't married. You know, Paul wasn't married. 
or whatever like it not even to bring him in (laughs) and use him as an example but just to like there's a lot of times where I feel like I'm just better off not being in a relationship at that capacity just for my own reasons maybe they're selfish reasons and maybe I'm getting to the point where I'm I'm um, needing to find the balance between selfishness and selflessness Um, because I know I have come from being heavily invested in others, like ridiculously heavily invested in others and supporting others and being there for others and feeling like that was my calling to just be there for others and serve others. And I, I don't discredit that at all I still think that that's a part of me and a part of who God made me I just serve others in a different way and I now see the value in making sure that I'm taken care of first so that I can serve others properly um but maybe I'm falling a little bit (laughs) over the edge of just serving myself and not caring about others or maybe that's just my my brain trying to make me feel bad my feelings, emotions, or whatever, trying to make me feel bad. Which to say, like, emotions are so um, tricking. Like, I think we make decisions and then we have a weird feeling about it. And so we say, oh, that I guess that's my discernment. When it can really just be that it's a new decision that you've never, ever made in your life. And that's why it feels weird. That that's just a side note. <laughs> but I don't know. This show made me think about a lot of things. Um, it made me think a lot about my students. It made me think a lot about kids um in middle school, high school that have conditions that And are surrounded by people that maybe don't know how to help them maneuver through those conditions and be able to live um, and just be able to live honestly um one of the characters, what's his name in the show, Nate. He is a very, very aggressive, uh, controlling teenager and you eventually see that he gets some of his characteristics from his dad, but then you also see that his dad is afraid of him and he, Nate, Native for one Nate is like huge. If you ever seen the Kissing Booth movies on Netflix, he's the really big guy. Um so he's huge. He's a uh, an athlete. Um he has everything pretty much like in the palm of his hand. His parents are um or his dad anyway is like well-known in the town um also like in this show I'm always like where are these kids parents like what the heck be going on 
But um, there's a, a scene towards the end of the season where um, Nate's dad is trying to like chastise him and starts like pushing Nate around and pins him on the floor and then Nate just starts screaming and slamming his head against the floor like repeatedly and his dad like pushes himself back and you can see the fear in his eyes like on his face and he runs out of the room and locks himself in his own office while his son is having this episode and it it made me realize like there are families where parents have kids again with conditions that they don't know how to handle or they don't know how to manage and they either send them off to someone and they're like here you fix my kid and they don't try to learn about their child on their own or they just ignore it and tell their kid this is something that you're going to have to control and leave it at that and it really hurt my heart to see it um it's like some of these kids, they do evil, evil things. And on one hand, it's like, ooh, you deserve to get beat up. And then you see, you know, their home conditions, things that they're going through mentally or whatever. And it's like, is this, a, is this an excuse for your behavior? Then um, it's like your behavior is being enabled by the so-called adults, the authority figures in y'all's lives. And I don't know, I can see, I can see some of it in some of my students. I feel like it's easy to um, enable people so that you don't have to deal with them. It's a lot harder to try to help someone um, and not fix them but to help. Um, one of the things that's mentioned to Rue, when she's talking to her sponsor, he's talking about drug addiction and how it's a disease uh, and how it should be looked at as a disease. And he tells her that there, when you were born, you just happen to be born with some kind of synapsis, something going on in your brain that made you susceptible to drug addiction. Does that make you a bad person? Or does that just make you a person that just happens to be greatly affected by this thing compared to others that aren't affected by it? Um, and I think that's a huge thing uh and i think it's something that we we could all apply to our lives as far as people that have uh conditions like autism or asperger's or uh tourette's or you know whatever um any of the conditions that they have any of the conditions that like we have in and I, I can say, like, there's times where I walk around and, you know, it's like, well, I don't have anything wrong with me. And no, but are you, <laughs> are you doing things that 
can be more easily fixed and choosing to continue to do them, but they're hurting other people, like being emotionally manipulative towards others um, and, and things like that. But just looking at it as, you know, these are people that have these conditions that doesn't take away from the person that they are, the personality that they have, what they can bring to a conversation, what they can bring to a discussion, uh, what they can bring to a gathering, a party, you know, whatever. I think the the difference is just how, how you choose to see them, how you choose to interact with them. And um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot that I could talk about with this show, but I would rather go back and rewatch it and write down things so that I'm not saying wrong things or wrong opinions or whatever. Um, one thing I so, or yeah, I literally wrote down one thing, but I wrote down living life uh, worried is detrimental, um, but with living comes a lot of worry. Uh, and that was, that was something I was thinking about, uh, watching the bonus episode of Euphoria, um, with Rue, cause she mentions how she feels when she's sober compared to when she's using. And she's just like, I, I do not like how I feel when I'm sober at all. And it just made me think about um, having the, I won't say that. It makes me think about how easy it would be to just not do anything and to just sit and rot away um, and how I feel like it's easy to say, you know, live day to day, but it's literally, it's literally something that you have to remind yourself of doing every day and like within that day, every hour, and then within that hour, every minute, like I've, I, I've given myself so much anxiety, worrying about whatever task I needed to do and I feel the difference between when I'm thinking about all the different tasks that I need to do compared to when I just, as soon as I think about it, I sit down and I just do it. And I realize, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and at the same time of just like giving up and, and just sitting and not doing anything, uh, it would be a lot easier or even just, you know, continuing the mantra of, you know, live day to day, try not to worry about things, do what you can, um, and what you can't do, set it aside, give it to God or whatever. Um, but as life goes on, there's new worries. As life goes on and you have new experiences, there's different things to think about and to stress over. Um, and so it's like, I don't know. 
this life is a treacherous, beautiful life, I feel like. Um, I think right now I'm in the stages of deciding what I'm willing to experience, what's worth it to experience, and what's worth it to um, not do, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like there's times where I've been overly conscious, or not conscious, overly... Um, is the word conscious or overly cautious that's the word i'm thinking of my brain i'm overly cautious and i think about it later i'm like dang i missed out on something um and i wonder sometimes is that over cautiousness discernment or am i really keeping myself from experiencing new things and I guess it just depends on what the things are. Um, and I think it just depends on the person as well. I think knowing what you, knowing your limits, I was talking to my sister about that the other day, knowing your limits is a big thing, knowing what you can handle. And we were talking about it as far as uh, drinking and you know when you're out at parties or whatever. I know for sure if it comes to a mixed drink, I'm a one drink a night person. If it's a beer, I could possibly have two. If it's shots, I just need to make sure that I'm with people that I trust. Um, but when you think about it in life in general, knowing your limits, you have to have some experiences in order to know your limits with certain things. But then it's like, do I even risk testing my limits to find out and then you just overthink and then blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> uh, just to change the subject, because, yeah. So this quote that I had found uh, was by this, this girl that I follow posted it. She posts a lot of good stuff. But the quote says, extra heavy on practicing my love languages on myself at all times extra heavy on practicing my love languages on myself at all times i had to read it again because the first time i read that was weird um i wanted to bring this up and this will be the last thing i talk about because i had never i've never thought about practicing my love languages on myself never ever and i love when things like this happen upon me and blow my mind up because it's really like a weird mind <laughs> I don't want to say the phrase <laughs> but it's like a, 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 a mind twister to think about because you know I, I, I feel like the basis of love languages is to figure out how you receive love and then how you give love to others It's it's never like this is how you should love yourself also. And so, or like, okay, these are the love languages that I receive. When we think about the receiving, we always think about it happening from another person and communicating that to another person. But have you ever thought about communicating it to yourself 
in in really in in doing the things to yourself. So I know that my love love languages are words of affirmation. I know that that's my top one. Um, and I don't remember what my next highest one was. I can honestly say it's not really gift giving. I think I enjoy giving other people gifts. I don't too much enjoy receiving gifts. Um, I think I think physical touch was one, but I don't think it was like the second one under words of affirmation. I have to look up what all of them were, but I know words of affirmation is one for sure. Um, and I think lately I've been practicing that, but not to the fullest extent that it could be like I think lately I've been feeling a lot more confident in my appearance in my body and how I look um and that's big for me just because again I've said this in a lot of my earlier episodes I've had one boyfriend my entire life and in between there the people that have shown interest have been subpar if I'm being <laughs> completely honest maybe that's a mean thing to say I, I don't really care at the moment um and I I think at some points I've I've associated the attention that I get with how beautiful I feel or how beautiful I think I am um and I've been doing my best to change that mindset. But more recently, like, I'll be walking past the mirror and be like, girl, no, like, real talk, you're beautiful. Like, what's actually, I just cracked my knuckles, I'm sorry. I just be like, like, real talk, you're beautiful. What's going on? Like, come on now, you're gorgeous. What What's happening right now? Like, come on now. And I'll just tell myself in the mirror, and that sounds crazy, but... It brings me joy to do. I don't know. Like, it makes me really feel good. And not even in an arrogant way, but it just boosts my mood. Like, like because I honestly used to look in the mirror and pick at my skin or find flaws or be like, oh, like, and I still do that sometimes and I'll catch myself. But now I'm just like, girl, like, come on now. Real talk. Like, you're beautiful. Come on. Come on. And then I'm just like smiling at myself. And it makes me feel good. But I, I need to start doing that <laughs> for everything else. Like, girl, you're paying your bills. Come on now. Like, thank God you did that. Like, he helped you do that. But come on now. Like, you're an artist. You 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 really drew that. Like, God gave you that talent and you're, you're really doing that. Which reminds me to start drawing more. Or just like, bro, like you got through a whole week of teaching and and you you were prepared for the most part, but you know, you did that. Like you have a full job, a, a, a full-time paying job, like you did that. And just affirming myself in everything that God has allowed me to do, like I, I need to start doing more of that. So I'll leave y'all with that. I would like y'all to think about what your love languages are as far as the ones that you receive um, and finding ways to love yourself 
according to whatever those love languages are. Thank y'all so much for listening. And that's been another episode of All Me. I'll catch y'all when I catch y'all. Bye.